everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast from another world with a special intro from host Phantom Dark Dave. Hey, Dave. What's up, Ryan? Hey, so normally I don't bring you in on these little intro things that I've got going for you because you do a really good job. You got that kick-ass music to start your, your podcast too, you know. Uh, but uh, you had something to say to everybody for this episode. Yes, I did. And I love you. No. Oh, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, run. <laughs> no, man. Uh, first, yeah, thanks for letting me, you know, join kind of the, the terrible terror reigns and, and do this podcast from another world show. I'm having such a great time doing it. Um, and I've heard a lot of great things from listeners. You said downloads have been pretty consistent with everything. So it's not like people love your show and absolutely hate the one that I do. It That's seems true. pretty neutral. And well, uh, <laughs> what? what? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Dave. Just kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're not talking about the holiday special here. That's two oh. years ago. Okay. You know, um, no, man. But the thing is, is because I've heard such good things and you kind of mentioned last time that kind of getting the itch to wanting to produce more, I've decided to go ahead and ramp up and do two a month now. And so I'll do biweekly similar to what you do and we can offset. And therefore the listeners will have an episode almost every week. Yeah, and that's the the best way to do it, I think, for you, especially since you've gotten that itch that you can't quite scratch behind your ear. It's like itchy and scratchy in here. I know, he's <laughs> dancing. You can't really see it from this side. But you can, and you oh, can show. <laughs> but no, now, with that being said, the world needs to know, I'm not you, man. Um, you do an amazing show, and you, do, you put so much work doing all the run-throughs with audio clips and everything. And since I'm ramping up to do two a month, I can't do every episode that way. So I'm changing the format up a little bit. Now, what that means is I'm not necessarily getting rid of the old format. It's just going to be more of like a special occasion. So there's certain movies that when I think of the movie, I'm like, I cannot wait to run through that entire movie and hear the clips, you know, like Star Trek is a dead giveaway. When I do the motion picture in December, that's going to be the Christmas release. That's my surprise to the world. My Christmas present is I'm going to force Evan to join me and do a full run through the motion picture. (laughs) And I think it's going to be one of the hardest and yet funnest things to do for Star Trek cool but all the other movies i have you know most of them they would be great with clips but you know i do have a lot of fun just sometimes bringing a guest on and doing a general chat and if anybody has followed me over here from when i used to do dave's pop culture podcast they will remember when i did the 80s horror movie reviews with andy that's kind of the theme that i'm gonna mimic and bring over to the new show which is a lot of fun if you guys didn't ever check those out um one you're probably gonna have to find them somewhere uh, two, you should have checked them out when they had the chance, but those were really fun. And I actually really enjoyed, uh, kind of seeing where you guys at the end of every episode of those eighties horror, where you would rank everything. Like, sure. is this better than this? No. Okay. So then this is where it stops. You know, it's number seven on the list versus number six. Oh, is it better than microwave massacre? I don't know if anything was ever better than microwave massacre on your list. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> but now because you like that so much, I'll have to consider doing that because it was special before because it was all Haiti 80s horror movies. So we mm-hmm. could all piece them together. With this being said, I'm also wanting to broaden the horizon a little bit. I'm still going to cover horror and sci-fi from the 20s through the 80s. But, you know, sometimes I just want to do other things as well. And especially now that I need to produce more material and I'll be bringing on more guests a lot of my guests haven't seen movies from the 20s and 30s, but they do love horror and sci-fi. It's just some of it's mixed through the years. And so what I'm going to do is I'm always going to clear it with you, make sure it's not an episode that you already have future planned. But outside of that, 
just kind of let it happen, man. You know, it may be one month where I'm doing a really cool sci-fi movie from the 40s, and I may turn around and do a horror movie from the 90s. Who knows? Yeah, and I don't want everybody to think like I'm pressing the whip to you or something like that. Like, give me content. Give me content, you know. <laughs> You're like Homer Simpson with run, run, rest, <laughs> rest, record. <laughs> yeah, but then you're like Homer Simpson with all the donuts. Here, have all the donuts in the world, but then you're still eating it. That's you in podcasting here. <laughs> record all the podcasts in the world. More, <laughs> more. <laughs> hey, Brian, is it okay if I release four this month? Huh. Dave, what am I going to do? This just gives you a chance to record something for next time. <laughs> That's right. So, no, and but- then... Uh, what I do want to say too is that uh, we we are doing our uh, this is advance notice and we discussed this before we did the podcast and and this is actually probably going a little longer than a normal little intro that we're doing it but I figure let's announce it now too and this I'm springing on Dave um, so we are going to be doing uh, Zombie Ween together right so that's going to be our big Halloween normally I have my four movies for the month. But uh, this this year, Dave and I are going to do nothing but Rob Zombie films for at least four weeks out of October this year. So oh, that's good too. You don't want to confuse people. You know, Zombie Ween. Like, oh, so you're going to do like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead? No, 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 Rob no. Zombie. Rob Zombie Ween. That's good. Oh. Well, that sounds <laughs> Not bad Rob too. Rob Zombie's Ween. No, uh. <laughs> though that could be an episode all of itself. <laughs> <laughs> that's more of a general chat. That's right. <laughs> we might have to invite Ben on for that one. Um, yeah. But that's but, great, man. I, that means that basically listeners now, you're going to get so much more content, more episodes, and uh, man, we're going to have a lot of fun this year. It's it's definitely going to be something that's going to be very, very exciting. Uh, and I just look forward to the, the episodes that you're going to do. Uh, look forward to, to doing that um, and just having more available for everybody. I mean, it's kind of, everything's expanding out and, you know, if there is that chance that you end up wanting four, we're going to have to talk. <laughs> yeah, now I, I will do uh, do what I can to just sit on my hands here. And to be honest, man, when I do that Star Trek one, that's going to take me months to do. So I'll just start, you know, a, a head start on that. Well, but considering thing, that movie takes months to get through. Oh, that's not fair. That's not <laughs> nice. Shame on you. But uh, one thing to say, man, is since we're, we're go ahead and put this intro out, we are about a month away from a tradition that we normally do. If people are familiar with the Days Pop Culture podcast, we've kind of uh, hinted at it before, but since I'm doing two episodes a month, the final episode of May is going to be Vincent Price episode because it is close to Vincent Price's birthday. And that's a tradition that we're going to keep doing for as long as we're recording. That's right. So as long as uh, both podcasts are around or as long as both of us are around, I'm pretty sure that we'll keep, you know, doing our uh, fun Vincent Price episodes. Uh, And we had a lot of fun last year. Um, and the year before that, I think we've done it three times, right? Or have we done it four? I think it was two times. This will be the third. Ah, okay. Well, if you consider the chat with uh, his daughter, then that would be another one. That's true. That everybody can, well, can't really check out anymore, but maybe, uh, maybe if I can get those episodes from you, maybe we can do a little something. And, and, you know, maybe we should see. We, uh, I'm curious to know if some people want to hear old episodes of Days Pop Culture Podcast, I would, if you really do want to hear it and you want it to be available, I will grab an episode and I would substitute it for one of my episodes and release it so people can check it out again. So maybe that's something we do. Yeah, that, that can be done. And maybe every once in a while we'll, uh, you know, put you on the spit and roast you. There it is. <laughs> so... Uh, well, guess I should say, without further ado, uh, why don't you guys enjoy the podcast from another world? Did I say it right this time, Dave? You nailed it. All right. Enjoy, guys. <laughs>
Expedition 6. Anchorage from Polar Expedition 6. Can you hear me? Over. starts the dawn of a new format for the show where I invite a guest to come chat with me about a particular movie, but with a lot less clips and more horror babble. If you used to listen to Dave's pop culture podcast, it's the same formula that Andy and I did on our electrifying 80s horror movie reviews. Shout out to you, Andy. I'll get you on here soon. But today, my guest is one who's been involved with every single episode of this podcast. He's the visual artist for all of the posters you've seen, and he's a dear friend of mine, all the way from the UK. What's up, Neil? Good morning, Dave Hayden. Good morning, good evening, good night, right? We got a lot of hours between us. Yeah, yeah daylight savings not helping us here. No, it's not. <laughs> but you know what? We have something very much in common. We both managed to watch this movie two times today. We did, and I can't wait to start talking about it. <laughs> Guys, you saw from the description today, we're going to talk about the 1976 horror film that definitely didn't copy Jaws, it's Grizzly. A motion picture is coming that does not cater to fantasy. You will see nature's most savage man-eating By its size alone, it can overpower and devour any human. Grizzly. Over 18 feet tall, over 2,000 pounds, the largest carnivorous brown Jaws 
So Neil, let's see if we can get through this thing in a cohesive manner and still have a lot of fun and not lose our listeners. I'll do my best. No promises. It is very late here. So (laughs) (laughs) So if Neil falls asleep, I'm going to just fill in for him. Is that good with you? Yeah, let's do it. It won't be the movie, right? It's the time. No, no, definitely not the movie. No. (laughs) So this movie, I have to say, first, I want to know, I mean, we kind of talked about it before. Have you seen this before? I had never even heard of this film until until it was mentioned. Um, it's it's one of those. I, I I probably have heard of it in passing, but I was looking at the poster, didn't recognise that. Um, the, the name wasn't familiar. When I, even when I started, you know, we're, we're like when you um, when we spoke earlier, and um, I said, "Oh, I'll look it up." And I was looking. I'm like, "Have I seen this? Have I not seen this?" I, I just I just didn't know. So I put it on. I thought, "Okay, I'll watch ten minutes, um, see if anything comes to mind." Nope, never seen it before. It completely passed me by, and I, I, which is weird because I love these creature features. Like, I love Piranha and I loved Alligator and uh, you know films like that. How how Grizzly would have would have, would have bypassed me? I don't know, but it did. But not anymore. Right, and it's funny you say that too because the reason I'm doing this movie is the reason you're on here. Like originally we talked about possibly doing something and I was going to go with an older movie that I gravitate to, but I was like, you know, this will be a good chance to just converse with somebody about a movie. What should I talk about? I was like, I need to get Neil on here. He does a lot for the show. And I was like, well, Neil, he and I, we don't talk about those thirties and forties movies as much. We talk more about these mainstream things. And then I started to dial back. Well, it's a lot of those eighties things. And then exactly what you said, like, I know he likes those creature features and i happen to think of grizzly and i have a confession i've seen this before are you ready for this do it this was the second dvd i bought (laughs) in my life yes wow that's that's quite impressive yes this was i was at the flea market and i had money burning hole in my pocket i had no responsibilities at this time i was just a teenager and i always checked out the movie store and i remember seeing the cover and you know, I don't know how easily available it was on VHS, but that's something that DVD has shined the light on for most of us is it gives us more accessibility to these rare horror movies. And I saw the cover and I was like, whoa, that looks really cool. And I, you know, spun it around. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm going to buy this thing and check this out. I paired it up with Sorority House Massacre 2. Those are the two movies I bought that day. That's not a bad double feature. It's not. It's a good memory too, right? <laughs> No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the only thing um, that didn't hang so hard was, well, definitely me because I watched that second movie. But my memory of Grizzly, I only remembered one scene. And when we get there, I'll let you know, hey, this is the one thing I remembered about this movie. And it's the reason I brought you on the show. Oh, I can't wait for that. And, and now thanks to Amazon, um, I get to see it as well. So, And that's something to put out there, too. Now, it's not available on Amazon Prime in the U.S., you know, not for free. I'm sure you can pay the rental fee. But when I told Neil about it, he said he was able to get it on Prime in the UK. So if you're in his area, bam, check it out on Prime. If you're over here, check it out on Tubi TV. You can watch it with a few ads on Tubi. And I got to say, it's it's quite pleasant. There's not a lot of ads. The quality was great, and I loved it. And it sure saved me $10 from buying it again. So we open up in this movie with one of our main characters. His name is Don, and he's our helicopter pilot. He's a guide, and he's giving a tour, and he's talking about the native land. And it's kind of cool how they do this setup because the camera pans out, and we literally follow the helicopter for about four minutes where 
we get to watch the opening credits, but they're paired with what I think is some pretty amazing photography. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a long opening shot. And uh, uh, seeing that the, the film was 1976, and when I first turned it on, I was like, I wasn't sure what the, the sort of quality was going to be like. And just that initial four-minute shot sort of put my mind at rest that this was going to be a... Um, this is going to be a good film. It's, it it kind of sets up, obviously sets up that you're in this national park. Um, you've got your helicopter guide on. You've got a, a theme throughout this film, which was in, incredibly happy music, considering the type of film it is. Yeah, I found that weird too. And I also noticed that the music was composed by the Film Harmonic Orchestra of London. Was so, it now? It was, okay. Yeah, so I'm pointing at you. <laughs> and I'm sure I pronounced some of that wrong, but you know what I mean. But yeah, I agree with you. I thought the music was delightful, and it, sometimes in the movie kind of oddly paired up with the scenery, but I think I know what they were going for. And you're right, we definitely get to see a beautiful national park, but you're never told which park it is. No. I mean, also uh, another uh, constant in this film is... is uh, uh, I'm sure I'm sure this film didn't take anything from a certain shark feature film which came out the year before but that also started with these sort of really sort of happy music and and sort of uh, a helicopter going over the sea it's, it it was it's, it's a very similar feel if you've seen if you've seen uh, that particular shark feature Let's just go with inspired by That's the word I normally use when yes when when I steal things yeah <laughs> Heavily inspired by, but yes. hey, if it works, you know. I don't, to, according to my knowledge, they didn't get sued. So no, no. But um, uh, I, I think we'll find the further into this film we go, the more and more um, homages will be popping up. Right. Let's say. But it's something that Johnny Staggs talked to me about before. Something that we don't see a lot in movies anymore, and that is the opening credits like so much is saved for the end of the movie and i'm not necessarily complaining about it but when we watch an older movie like this and it gives us everything up front and with so much style it was kind of nice yeah i mean also something that's missing from some sort of today's films as well is, is when we first sort of start getting introduced to our characters they're all likable like there, there was pretty much nobody in this film that was well, apart from the people that are supposed to be unlikable. But it it was kind of you know, it felt like a workforce like that you would that you would have people are nice to each other. They say good morning. They they because you know straight from that shot we 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 go into the the sort of the daily team meeting that's held by I'd say our lead character Kelly that he's referred to most of the time, and he's holding a team meeting, and it's it's how a team meeting would go just sort of friendly chat and this is what you're going to do this is where you're going to go yeah we also get introduced to um two of our other uh, lead characters gail and tom and and they you know it's just it's just them setting up their day so you know tom's going to go up to a certain certain part of the forest you've got kelly's going to go here and gail's gonna you know he's telling gail where to go um and it's kind of it does feel a little bit like filler but it's kind of it's nice filler it's kind of it does set up these characters as as, as likable and, and and realistic um and I, you know like i said before that i really like the team of characters that they had 
this has a very slasher formula to it where, like you said, we meet our characters in the beginning, we get a, a little bit of introduction to each one, we like them all, enough to pay attention to them, and then one by one, they're slowly picked off. Yeah, I mean, you also, you, you, there's no indication who is the lead character. For at least the first sort of 25, 30 minutes of this film, there is no real... There is no real lead character. The time sort of shared between between all of them, which you know, again, is good because it keeps you thinking. Nobody's safe, basically. So right, and it also presents the challenge where everybody's in uniform, and you have to try to remember everybody's name. Which took two viewings, yeah. Um, <laughs> and even even now, <laughs> even now, I'm struggling. Um, I mean, again, with with the similarities to a certain other film. Um, I think we should just start referring to them by by Quint, Brody, and Shaw. To be honest, it's, um, <laughs> I'd go. figured it on the second watching. I'd figured out who's who as well. So, well, I figured out who the mayor was then. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we get to meet the love interest in the movie because eventually we do start to realize that Kelly, he is the park ranger. He's the chief. And his love interest is the restaurant owner's daughter, and she's a photographer, and she's just there to take pictures. How convenient. But there's a little something-something between them, though they've only known each other for about three weeks. But they're going to be often paired up in the movie. And something else I'll say about that is, Neil, towards the last 25% of the movie, 30% of the movie, where did she go? She wasn't allowed to go with them, and then we never saw or heard from her again. No, this, 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 it almost felt like she was, it's like, oh, we need to write in some sort of love interest. But, but I mean, uh, like, I was quite pleased that, that, that they didn't kind of, because you know that, that well, we'll get to it, but there's, there was a bit, the last time you see her, she gives him that look, like, you just thought, oh, she's just going to turn up. Like, she, right. she will so, just turn up, but nothing. So yeah, I'm, she, I'm like, did she go home? <laughs> she, she lived. <laughs> Good. Well, I'd hope so, but you know, she, she's 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 introduced, she's fleshed out, and then nothing. Which, even though I noticed, I didn't particularly have a problem with. It was just kind of, I thought it was it was it, it was nice to me because it was different from what you'd get now. That's Whereas, true, and you know, you know what? I mean, we already get a pretty high body count, so I guess we could spare one. Yeah, I mean, she she was fairly harmless. Uh, you know, there was no need to. What well, that. The bear took out plenty of other um, innocents. Today, so. I tell you what, let's go ahead and dive into it right now. I want to talk about two particular female hikers who are going to be our first two victims to this Bonnie Cow. And dare I say, this? if you weren't sure about this movie and you're watching it and you get to this part, this is probably what's going to keep you watching the rest of the movie. Am I right about that? Like, this scene's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean... You know, if you're if you're gonna put your stock in, in into a visually interesting movie, you couldn't get two more visually interesting characters. <laughs> Let's say I, I'm not. I don't think they were picked for their acting skills, but you know, it, it's I mean, it's you know, it's it's what it's what all teenage girls do, isn't it? Just go 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 hiking and camping in the middle of a national park. Yeah. It's a fairly normal thing to do in the seventies, maybe. I don't know. So they're out camping, right? They're setting up camp. They're about to eat, and they hear some noises in the woods. And we know it's the bear, and so they get scared and they look, and no, it's not, it's Tom. And he rides up on his horse, and he's just checking on them. And one thing he says is, you know, not to cause any trouble, or he calls it unnecessary trouble, and he tells them to make sure they check in at the ranger station before they leave. And then so he trots away, and I swear, 
not two minutes later is what it switches to. It's like, oh, dinner's over, and okay, well, it's time to pack up because the sun's going down, and the one girl who is June, she's like, oh, well, I need to go to the bathroom. And the other girl's like, Margaret. She goes, you always need to go to the bathroom when it's time to clean up. Ha, ha, ha. And so June's off screen. I'm like, okay, Margaret's alone. She's about to die. And I'm right because we get our first view through the bear's eyes. That's right. We get bear vision, and the bear is trotting through the woods. He's slashing away at branches, and we can hear his breathing. And he creeps up on her, and let me tell you what happens. She throws her hands up in fright, and she's screaming. That bear slices her arm off. We see her limb fly across the screen and go smack dab right in the grass. There's blood all over it. The bear attacks her, and she falls down dead. I'm thinking, okay, this was just seconds away after June went to the bathroom. So June had to have heard it. She did. She hears it. She comes running over, and you can see the look of horror on her face as she sees her best friend dead on the ground, or girlfriend, they didn't really say, dead on the ground. And so now she starts off running. And, Neil, let's talk about what happens to June. Well, she, she, um, it's a 70s film, so she falls over. I think I counted at least twice, maybe three times in within 10 feet of of, of, of first seeing this this bear that is 17 foot tall weighs 2,000 pounds and yet is stealthy like the predator mm. it's, it's it's incredible the amount of times he sneaks up on people but making her escape she she manages to find a find a shack so she gets in shuts the door leans on the door and almost very similar to to I was waiting for it to be like the the scene from the great outdoors where John Candy's <laughs> leaning up against the door <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't quite happen that way. He just comes busting through the roof and, and and takes one big swipe, which it looked like it cut her head off. But when they find the body later, the head's still attached. I think it was um, more of it's just severely slashed and gouged her face. Yeah, but it but it it, it does this really. Uh, they 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 loop her screaming for about five <laughs> five times, and it's the it's a really odd scream. It's 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 uh, it's hard to describe, but it's it's kind of. A really odd screen, but then they loop it like five times, slowly fading out, and it was really kind of took me out at the moment. It was, but I loved it, man, because as and what he's describing is when she gets slashed, when that bear like busts through, she, her head goes from like the left side to the right side of the screen in like a slow motion fade, almost like a, a Jalo film or something. And she's got these deep gashes, and she lets out that scream, and then the scene fades out, but the scream fades as well, and it repeats like three times. And then we're on the next scene, and if you listen closely, you can still hear them like like turning the mixer down or whatever. It's great. It's a really clever way of transitioning the scene, um, which it, it takes us straight into our next scene, which is. Which is Kelly and um, Allison sitting in the sitting in their jeep taking uh, Allison's taking photographs, and then uh, Tom pulls up, um, who we just saw speaking to the hikers earlier, just saying he's going up to check on them because they haven't checked in at the as he as he told them to do. So Kelly and Allison decide they're going to join him, so they drive up to where the camp was located, and just out of pure um, curiosity, Kelly says, "Oh, I'm just going to check the cabin out." Um, pokes his head around the, you know, he's trying to, he tries the door first. So he's, he's rattling the door. Oh no, it's not going in. I walks around the corner and there is no, there is no back wall because, um, uh, literally just, just ruins. And I think he pretty much steps in there, doesn't he? I think he, he does. Um, it's a weird scene because it's almost like her body falls there. Yeah. Yeah. It's just sort of step squelch. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> And so now we're at the hospital where they're examining the bodies that they had found. And the doctor pretty much says they were killed by a bear. 
And even though it's believable, you can kind of see the look on Kelly's face because he's like, bears don't kill people. And he's like, this one did. <laughs> like a touche. And so out of nowhere, the park supervisor shows up and his name is Kittredge. And you can tell right away, this is the guy that we're not supposed to like because just talking about parallels to Jaws, this was the reference I made to the mayor in Jaws. This is the guy that throughout the entire movie cares more about publicity than he does the safety of the people in the forest. Yeah, I mean, it's um, that whole sort of scene, especially from the from the autopsy to him him meeting the Kittredge, it, it did feel very much like that exact scene in Jaws where, where Brody speaks with a coroner about the shark's teeth, goes out, meets the mayor, and the mayor's going, no, don't be stupid, there's 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 nothing, not in these waters. I, I was kind of expecting to say, not in these woods, but um, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I mean, he's, 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 he's a bad guy, you could tell. They don't, they don't need to sort of, uh, sort of lead anything else out. They just make him an arsehole, basically. It's just, he might as well have been eating an apple. It's kind of, you know. <laughs> and, of course, because the word's out now that there's a bear attack in the woods, they pretty much tell everybody to move out of the northern region of the woods, right? Don't camp here, don't hike here. And so we get cut shots of all different kinds of families and people on horses just fleeing the scene. We even get a scene where Kelly is calling one of our other main characters now, who's named Scotty in the film, not beam me up Scotty, just Scotty. And it's so strange because Scotty is like hanging out and he's got like deer skin over him and he's hanging out with these deers, but he's not hunting them. He doesn't have a gun. He's just watching them. And when he answers this call, he's so mad. He's like, I told you not to call me. Who is this? He's like, it's Kelly. And he's like, Kelly, you know what you did? I've been living with these deer. (laughs) Okay. And he pretty much tells him like, look, um, there's been a bear attack. Two girls were killed and they're holding you and I responsible. And we have learned that it was Kelly and Scotty's responsibility to have moved all the bears out of the area. And so now they're going to be held responsible. And so now, of course, they're going to team together to try to track down this killer bear. Yeah, I mean, Scott is an an interesting character because when you first meet him, you kind of expect him to be this really eccentric kind of, um, you know, uh, crazy Murdoch from the A-Team sort of type guy. But he's not. He's just kind of, he's not even a little bit weird. He's just, you just have that first scene where he's dressed up as a deer and you think, oh, he's going to be an absolute nutcase. That's the only time he does anything kind of remotely crazy in the film, but... Um, again, another you know you can tell he's a likable character. You, you you can see that there's there's history between him and Kelly. You kind of get the feel that they've you know they've known each other a while. I mean, uh, whether that's to do with just the good acting skills of, of both the characters. So now it sounds like it's time for another kill scene. And so I mentioned of how our characters kind of spread out and start dying off one by one. We get to see more of our park rangers, and we see Gale. And I'm like, oh, hey, there's Gail from the beginning. And yeah, she's not with Tom. That was not allowed. She's with some other guy. And he goes off one way. And she mentions, I'm pretty sure that she wants to get her feet wet. But she does more than that because she totally strips down to her undergarments and decides it's time to take a swim. And I know this is a particular scene that you liked because you messaged me about this kill scene. So she gets down to her skivvies, right? She's going to go take a dip. What does she do? 
the thing that I first thing I noticed about this is 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 not that I was looking that closely, but when she gets undressed, she is wearing white panties and a black bra. When she gets to the waterfall, she's in a proper bikini for some reason. How how that changed between the two, I'm not sure. And, and the bikini is the same color as her, as her panties, so it it's um, you know it's a film on a budget basically. But um, yeah, she so she she gets into the waterfall, and it's it's almost cartoon esque sort of bare bare arm <laughs> burst through the waterfall to grab her and pull her back in she then comes back out of the waterfall holding the bare arm and gets pulled back in and then we get the blood the, you know, the old fashioned blood red water flowing down but um, it just made me laugh because it was it was you know obviously you can't have a real bear doing that but you know technology only goes so far in 1976 so this bear is offing people like Jason Voorhees. That's exactly what I got out of it. Like, he was hiding in the back of the waterfall, and then he's like, ch, 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 and all of a sudden, that music sounds, and it just kills her. And you get well, also, also, yeah, I mean, also the fact that, because you, you get a, you get some more bear, bear vision before that. So he's up on top of the waterfall. Right. So while she's getting undressed, he shimmies. So he's obviously, I would love to see the shot from the other angle of her getting dressed and him shimmying down the waterfall <laughs> and then sneaking in there. It, it, it just, it's just, it's, it's brilliant. So absolutely brilliant. I think we're onto something here. Like this bear could have been Jason Voorhees. Like maybe Kane Hodder played the bear because what I'm getting at is we talked about bear vision. Okay, that's a lot like you know the point of view point of view from Jason Voorhees. It's a killer in the woods for crying out loud. And then we have these kind of cutaway death scenes, and then doom, 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 doom. and yes, I'm aware that's a psycho theme, but that's what hit me right now. But I'm starting to get it. I, I think I figured this movie out. This Friday the Thirteenth was inspired by Grizzly. I called it. <laughs> I don't disagree with you. So now things have got serious. So so Kelly, he goes to recruit our helicopter pilot from the beginning of the film, uh, Stober, um, to help assist in the in the search. So they go flying around the forest. I don't know what he's looking for. It's a very dense forest, and he's sat at the window with a pair of binoculars, <laughs> not quite sure what he's looking for. Uh, which, to be honest, I think he makes a he always makes a joke about himself. So obviously they were kind of aware of that. Uh, I think he says something. Oh, I feel like I've had these. You know, he says something, something along the lines uh, about him having the, um, you know, looking for a bear in the forest. Looking down, he sees in a clearing what, you know, there's our bear. So get me down there. I want to. I want to have a look at it. Um, again, but there was some dialogue in here that that again adds to the realism. As when 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 they're flying and he says to the pilot, he says to Stober, "Can we not get any lower?" And he said, no, not today, because the downdraft, you know, he gives a technical explanation of of why he can't take the helicopter any lower over the trees. Again, adding to that kind of yeah, the realism, know, whoever wrote this actually, you know, did some research. It's it's um, it's a very it's a very well written film. So they see what they, you know, they see the bear. So the, you know, gets him to land the helicopter out. He pops with his gun, starts creeping towards it. But it's not our bear. It's Scotty. Um, and nearly, nearly gets a cap in his ass, as they say, <laughs> and you know, d- 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 all of which is 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 you know, laughing and joking between the three of them as as kind of again setting up our hit. This is going to be our three. This is going to be our, uh, our group for the for the rest of the film. Um, Check it out. So they, yeah. it's our Kirk, Spock and Bones. It's uh, it's our Kirk, Spock and Bones. It's oh, our Scotty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's again. It's our. It's our. It's our Shaw, Brody, and and 
Quinn. It's you know, it's it's sort of your atypical sort of seventies setup. Um, sort of the odd man, the straight man, and the and the chief. You know, it's kind of. But it, again, it works. They're not. They're not. A modern day film would have have those two clashing like immediately, like arguing and fighting. And but this doesn't. They, they, they have a little bit of irk between them during the film, but it's never anything more than a little elbow in the ribs and generally sort of good relationship these three have. But so they. So now we've got the three of them. They 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 start discussing what sort of bear it is. I mean, they, they, they have nothing but brown bears on, on in, in the forest, whereas Scotty um, says, no, this isn't a brown bear. This is a grizzly. This is, this is an, an old prehistoric type of grizzly, which I'm not even going to attempt to, um, to read out the, the Latin official name for this bear. <laughs> we, we'll just call it the BFB. Um, <laughs> um, so basically he says it's, it, it's got to be, it's got to be around 15 feet. It's going to weigh roughly 2000 pounds, uh, you know, and, and, and Stober's sort of, pfft. how do you know that? They, there's no, there's no, there's no grizzlies here. What well, I've seen the claw marks, you know, I've done the maths off the claw marks. Like, yeah. And it. it's what you said too, with like the elbow and the ribs, like he's giving them crap about it, but he's also listening. Cause he even says, he's like, well, I mean, you're the expert on this and I'm not going to argue with you. I'm just saying that that's science fiction. And then he's all like, yeah, science, but no, not fiction. No, it's, um, it's, it, it kind of, it's a good way of, it's sort of establishing the fact that, okay, this is what it is. And then nobody sort of disputes it. Then it's from then on, it's, it's a, it's a prehistoric grizzly bear. It's, it's you talk about movies today, Neil. You know, somebody else would have fact-checked his ass right there and pulled his phone out. No, because I looked on Wikipedia and the bear can't be over 2,000 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he does He does kind of try that. And then, um, obviously, in 1976, he does the... Um, Stober does the... Yeah, that, that, that can't be. And then he's like, no, no, no it is... <laughs> Oh, all right. Did you catch the running gag with Scotty? This dude is always eating a sandwich. Yeah, I, I did. I, it, it wasn't until he got pointed out by Kelly at, at one of the scenes. Oh, he, yeah, he does. <laughs> always got a, always some got... sort of sandwich in his hand or a can of Coke. He's, um... At one point, I was wondering if it was the same sandwich. I was like, has he not finished that already? Also, that's a long-lasting sandwich because that was the one he was eating like two days previous when he, was, when, when he first spoke to Kelly. So and The man's a survivalist, Neil. I'm just saying. With a cool box, obviously. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, I don't want to point out flaws of the film, but I swear, this guy travels light, but he always has everything he needs. No, everything he needs between two bits of bread. I guess so. <laughs> and this is going to get us to our next kill scene, because that's how I like to do this, where it's kind of strange. It opens up, and there's like a whole bunch of kids, and they're hanging around a campfire, and I'm thinking, oh, Okay, cool. Kids are going to get it. Let's do it in horror movies. And it keeps panning over, and then we see a couple sitting there. And you have the guy on the left who has the most ridiculous face. Uh, he's just hes way too happy to be sitting there. And it, I assume it's his wife, and she kisses him, and then she walks off screen. But then she comes back on screen and kisses him again, and he is chugging away on that Miller light. And she goes into the tent, and if we start to get bear vision, I'm like, okay. Okay, we got us another kill. I'm rubbing my hands together. This is going to be good. And we flash back to him. He's still drinking that beer. Flash back to her, and she has magically changed clothes. She's in a nightie, which is not appropriate to be hanging out with kids. But okay, continue. 76, right? And you hear the bear a little bit, and then, hello, Friday the 13th, part 
seven? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Nine. No, nine. Jason goes hell because we get a kill scene in a tent. That bear claws through that tent and his mouth's all open wide. And, you know, you never ever see the body inside the bear's mouth. But I swear, this is what happens. That bear lifts her up into the air and swings her around like a fillet of fish because her arms are flying around. She's got blood exhaling from her mouth. It's going all over her nightgown. And then her body, wham, flops on the floor. And I was just like, wow. They spent a lot of their budget on prosthetics. <laughs> they did. They had some really, really good prosthetic body parts and bodies in in, in this film. But did you not? Did you not think the, 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 the? I mean, I know what you mean about the dude. He was an odd-looking guy. He reminded me of um, who was Napoleon Dynamite's brother? <laughs> Kip. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know when when, when, when <laughs> Kip went Kip went gangster. Oh. <laughs> he really, it really reminded me of him. Maybe the maybe the facial hair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, it's kind of a it's just a sort of out of nowhere kill it's kind of a just sort of a throwaway just it's, it almost felt like it was just there to set up the next scene it was just kind of yeah. oh, I think we it, just, Neil, we I just think need a kill one of those scenes where maybe they finished the movie and they were like we need to add another kill in here and second unit director's like I'm on it <laughs> well yeah because it, it, it didn't fit the narrative purely because we already established that everybody's hightailing it out of there and then it cuts to an enormous <laughs> gathering of people, whether that's where all the people went to or not. I was going to say, I, that's arguable, because as yeah. you say that, it makes me think of another part of the movie where we discover that the bear, he wanders. And yeah. I think that's part of the problem, is that this bear is territorial, but he's going in a pattern where he's working his way down this mountain. Yeah, um, it, it, it just seemed odd to me that sort of all of a sudden there, there's this whole, I mean, not not just a Everybody few. Everybody was tired. They couldn't go all the way down. They're like, and we stop here for the night. Barely. Yeah, plus all this kind of, you know, the kids sitting around the campfire singing. And, and I, I was I watched it and just thought, oh, 70, 70 sucked when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> I would have hate, hated that. I'll take your word on it. Well, yeah, I was there at the tail end. This, is, this film is before me, but not by much. But... <laughs> Now we're in the office where our park supervisor, Kittredge, is arguing with Kelly because Kelly is counting up all the deaths, and he's like, we need to close the park. And even though this conversation's happened before and it's gotten nowhere, more deaths have happened, and it's still getting nowhere. So much so that there are like just tons of people outside with cameras, and they're doing interviews and stories, and we find out that the supervisor invited them there. And this totally irks Kelly. This is when Kelly loses it. And this is the scene you were talking about where Scotty is sitting there eating a sandwich and he asks Scotty to eat outside, which I guess he didn't want to see him get mad. But one thing I like is over in the corner, you see our helicopter pilot who's in this movie the whole time. He's probably my favorite character. And he just has a look of satisfaction on his face that Kelly is not backing down. Did you notice that? Yeah, I mean, again, this this, this goes back into the sort of theme of, of sort of well-written well-written well-acted characters that obviously got the parts that they were trying to play and it was pretty clear that nobody liked the head of the park he was just kind of i think universally despised by everybody i mean you can even see out of the window whilst they're having this argument all the press are gathered because they that the, he admits that he that that i'm essentially i've got the press in because i want to show everybody how we're handling this he's like you're not handling it there's five people have right. been killed so yeah, five deaths uh, <laughs> yeah, so he starts, you know, they start threatening each other. It's like, but you know, all you want is the, is is your fancy office in in Washington, but I'm going to make sure you don't get it. 
he essentially fires Kelly, doesn't he? He said, he you're does. done, you're through, you're out. And he said, screw you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Kelly, like, pushes him back down, mm. and he up yours. And I was going to bring that up to you, Neil. Like, man, that's a powerful statement in 76. But have you ever, like, just told anybody, like, up yours? Uh, Pretty much. I did leave a job like that once. Did you really? Uh, man, yes. you're cooler than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm bringing it back, but you've already done it. Well, you say that, but, you know, I did that bit where you just like, you know what, up yours, I'm off. And then you get in the car and you go, oh, what have I done? Oh, you, <laughs> it's like, ah, you they can't never show that me, bit. I quit. Yeah, they, they, they never show that no bit. The, the, the aftermath where you suddenly, the dawn's on there that, oh, I've got to pay the bills. <laughs> and you're just crying all the way home. But it, that's, out the, that's out of the film. That's not in there. I'm sure that happened to Kelly as well. That was the thing. I don't know. I think Kelly was a little tougher, man. I think he handled it because the only thing he actually cares about is catching this bear. And now this is when we learn the idea that the supervisor has allowed all the hunters to go hunt for this bear. And one thing we didn't touch base on is it's closed. Like there's no hunting right now. We even see signs of no hunting. Like it is not open season, but now it is open season because our supervisor is cheap and just decides to let all the crazy guys with guns go shoot this bear, if not each other. And this leads us into another scene now where we actually, we see this one hunter and he's walking around a tree and he kind of sees the claw marks and he puts his hand on him and he's like, wow. But then he looks up like six more feet and there's more claw marks, which to me, I'm thinking, look, if it can stand that tall, I'm out of here. Like I'm not hunting that I'm gone. But he's like, okay, cool. I'm in this to win this. And so he keeps walking, and then guess what? He actually comes face-to-face with the bear, and the first thing he does is drop his gun. He hightails out of there, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's easier to run without the gun, but do you think he should have shot first? Well, you would think... I mean, he he set up as kind of... um, Like, he knows what he's doing. He's set up as one of the, the hunters that kind of gets his hunting he, he he seems to understand it but then as soon as he sees the bear he just, he just nope <laughs> he just, just dropped the gun I'm, I'm gone you would have thought that that would be your first instinct if you're a hunter is to just point the thing and shoot but it's easy for me to sit here in a you know blanket on my legs saying you know if i saw a if i saw a, a, a 17 foot bear I, I would shoot it it's easy for me to say sitting here We're, the situation being I may well have done a very similar thing. Well, you know what? We can't knock him too bad because it works. He does get away. He's running through the woods, and there are so many trees, man, and he isn't hitting one of them, so bravo for him. But that bear is hot on his tail. Like, he is not outrunning that bear. And there's even a scene that's... I know it tries to be dramatic, and I try not to make fun of it. He, like, decides he's going to do this, like, fireman pole thing because he jumps on this tree, and he, like, slides down. But you could tell they filmed it from the ground because after he stands up and runs... He is barely taller than the place he jumped from, so he did this amazing five-and-a-half-foot uh, fireman's pole slide. But that's okay, because that bear, we don't see the bear, but the bear obviously jumps or something or does the same thing. But, man, just when you think the bear's going to get him, the hunter, he goes crashing into the water. And this is what saves his life, because when I thought about that, I was like, I wonder if the bear would essentially chase him through the water. I know the bear's not going to swim and chase him, but, yeah, he actually is able to get away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I thought the same thing because, I mean, I've seen plenty of, there's some really great footage out there of bears fishing. 
you know, like when they when they get the salmon and they yes. not with a rod, not with a rod. But I was kind of expecting that he'd sort of look around and think, Oh, I'm safe as he's floating down the river and just his claw to come out and get him, but nope. So this takes us into a scene where we have your more traditional film hunters, which are essentially three drunks um that are asleep in their sleeping bags, passed out. You see a bear approach them, they wake up. Oh, it's the grizzly. No, it's not. It's just a cub. They then, between them, just think that this cub might be the grizzly's cub. So, they, so they're they like, oh, just take it out into the woods and let it go. And then one of them goes, no, I've got a better idea. Let's use him as bait, which is ne- never, <laughs> ever a good idea. So they take it out to the clearing, chain it up, and they're sitting there waiting. And you get some bear vision. You think, oh, mummy bear is going to come and save them. No, that that is not Mummy Bear. She chows down on that cub yes. with one bite, uh, leaving three. It, it, it then just directly cuts, doesn't it? To, it does. to sort of the next morning, where you've got um, the Scotty, the uh, Kelly, and the three hunters being, you know, having a discussion about what happened. Well, yeah, and they even talk about how they've determined now because the bear ate one of its own kind that it's clearly not mama bear, it's papa bear, it has to be a male. Yeah, because uh, only males are cannibalistic, according to according to Scotty. Yeah. I'll have to take his word on that. Yeah, I know. I, I, if anybody knows that for sure, is let's defend our, our female bears out there because they can eat other bears if they want to. I'm not going to hold it against them. No, it's 2020, Dave. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Also in this scene, they go outside and we see Tom and he's sitting in his car and Tom has that look on his face, man. And now we know that Tom and Gail were close, though one of the other running things in this movie is there's not a lot of sadness when people get killed off because you think, oh man, he's, you know, Tom's taking it really hard. He misses Gail. He's going to be all about it. And he's just like, no, he's talking about the hunter (laughs) who got chased. And so we're like, okay. And it's kind of like this is the last straw. So now we're going to devise a plan. We're going to use the hunters. We're going to use the park rangers. We're going to track down this bear, right? And so Tom, he's ready to go, even though he's dealing with his anger. And Kelly, he doesn't go out and say, no, I got a better idea. But he pretty much tells Tom to go ahead and go to the fire lookout tower. And... Tom really doesn't want to because he has, you know, revenge on the brain and he wants to hunt down this bear and he's afraid that if he gets sent into the tower, he's going to miss out on the action. And that's when they tell him, no, I guarantee there's not going to be any action, which even in my head, I'm thinking, well, yeah, he kind of is because you're isolating him. And if you're telling me there's not going to be any action, this is going to be a boring movie, but I'll roll with it. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, he thinks he's being put out of harm's way. He's really not because he's up there on the tower scouting around with his binoculars noticing everything apart from the 17 foot bear that is sat right below the tower right. so when he when he glances down there's the bear is it's a it's a clever bear it, it just starts it starts hacking away at the at the <laughs> at the posts um really going to town on 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 the sort of the planks holding the holding the tower up not only that he then he, he breaks one set and then goes around the other side yes and starts breaking the other side till eventually you know, down comes the tower with young Tom in there somewhere. And, you know, it blew my mind because 
Tom, he's up there with his gun, and he, you know, he's having a hell of a time holding the gun, much less aiming at the bear. But he does take a couple of shots on it. And when you talked about the bear goes to the other side, I took it as not like necessarily an intelligent way of knowing how to take down the tower. I took it as a, I'm getting shot over here. I'm just going to go over here now and, and try. And I was like, genius. <laughs> this bear is a genius. Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's also on the radio at the time, isn't he? Trying to get hold of Kelly. Go, Kelly, the bear's here, the bear's here. So you've got you've got Scotty, Stober, and Kelly racing through the, 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 the forest trying to get to him. They get there too late. They find the tower collapsed, and Tom in Tom's bits. laying there, man. He's got <laughs> part of the tower pieces on him. He's laying there bloody. And Kelly kind of, he's quick to turn his head away, and he takes it, accepts it, walks off screen. Stober, he walks over and he checks the pulse and he just kind of looks off camera a little bit and he's saddened. But then the camera catches up with Kelly, who walked off screen initially. And this is when I first realized the music was really off-putting because it's kind of got him looking off into the distance of the wilderness, but then the happy, upbeat <laughs> orchestra is kind of playing. And, and I was like, oh, I guess it represents his high spirits well i think they they licensed i think they must have licensed two songs for this uh, <laughs> for this film so you, it, yeah. so you had you had the happy one and then you had that cowboy sounding one <laughs> that's the only two, the only two <laughs> tracks that are in this entire thing because the, the cowboy one only plays when when scotty's on his horse right um and then you've just got this other bizarrely happy yet i i wouldn't say it didn't fit it just it was it was just strange. in the yeah yeah, it was. Well, now we're at the part that I've been waiting to talk to you about because this was the scene I remembered of the movie. We get another kill scene, kind of, right? And so what happens is we talked about the way that the bear is kind of traveling in a pattern, getting outside the territory, working its way towards the people. This is the first attack we're going to have almost out of the woods. This is like in town. And what we see is we see a little boy outside and you know he's by himself playing and his mom is she's in the house i believe if not she's outside the house but she's not right there with him but he is in sight of her okay and he's he's playing with a rabbit okay so country boy for sure and he's running back and forth and the bear's coming and i'm like okay we've already had scenes where there were children bear's not going to kill children that's not going to happen well, that's totally going to happen because that kid stands up and he screams and he kind of reaches up for the bear like, pick me up, actor. And that bear picks him up and just like, you can't really see everything that's happening, but when he drops that boy, that boy is completely bloodied out from chin to leg and just goes smack dab on the ground. And meanwhile, the mom has rushed over because she heard her son getting attacked and she starts like hitting on the bear like she's going to do something. She doesn't have a gun. She doesn't have a taser. She didn't have anything, right? And the bear just takes his frustrations out on the mom. And correct me if I'm wrong, the boy doesn't die, but the mom does. Yeah, the again, this was another another good bit of, of prosthetic because you can see that the, the kid's missing a leg. Um, I'm but, so but, glad yeah. you said that. I, I know you were about to explain it, but I got to interrupt you. Do you know that... I thought I remembered in the DVD version that the kid's leg gets ripped off and you see it. And this felt like a cut where he just fell down and was missing his leg. But I thought, okay, maybe I was confusing it with the beginning scene where the girl's arm flew across. But I'm wondering now, since you caught it the same way, I wonder if there's a deleted scene. That wouldn't surprise me if Amazon hadn't 
removed a kid getting two limbs cut off. <laughs> it, um, but it, it would seem to be weird to go to all the trouble of having the prosthetic of a, an arm and a leg missing just for that just split for second yeah, yeah. drop. I think it, it probably is in there somewhere, but yeah, he, he gets, um, he gets mutilated. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that, I mean, that, it then sort of cuts to the aftermath where the, the press are still there. And finally the, I keep referring to him as the mayor, the, um, (laughs) supervisor, the supervisor finally seems to come to the sort of conclusion that, yeah, we gone, we gone done, messed up. Yeah, we should probably um, close the park. Yeah, and and Kelly sort of miraculously unfired. It's never mentioned. It's, it was almost like him firing him and him telling him to, you know, screw you. It's all forgotten about. It's not mentioned that. Of course, he doesn't want to take the heat for it. No, it's just, it's just it's essentially, he's just, he just comes out of the house. So he's obviously been dealing with it. So he can't have been fired. And then it, it, the whole thing takes place in front of the press that were there so kelly's talking to a really shady looking reporter with the the sort of the, the mullet and the tash and sort of says to the super you know the supervisor you believe me now basically and right, enough's right. enough uh yeah yeah you're absolutely right what do you need essentially and yeah this is when he tells him like he has a plan right and he, he needs more men and basically stober and kelly are going to set up a trap which i'm thinking okay, what are we going to do? And they have what... I, I, hey, man, it could have been fake or real, but I'm going to call it real. They had, like, a dead deer that was cut, you know, from growing to sternum and gutted out, and they're going to hang it from a tree and lure the grizzly. That was a very realistic-looking prop. Was, so yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it was, it was real as well. <laughs> All animals were used for food after this production. Uh, you know what happens in the woods <laughs> stays in the woods so. yeah right um, and so <laughs> they, they go and of course they're hiding off screen they got the guns ready and it, it looks like the trap's gonna work because the grizzly does come for it and correct me if I'm wrong but doesn't he like load his gun but it's so loud it scares the grizzly off yeah it's kind of weird he's kind of prepared it was yeah. his idea <laughs> The, the idea to wait in ambush is the fact that you should be ready to shoot. I think that's the whole point of an ambush. Not, oh crap, I haven't loaded my gun. And he's trying to he's trying to do it slowly, and then he gets to the the last bit and he he cranks it, and then and the, it's the, so loud. Yeah, the bear does a runner with the bait as, as they find like out. When you fart in the classroom. What? Okay, moving. Yeah. <laughs> so they they're chasing this bear down. So you get sort of a, a sort of two minute chase scene essentially of. of Lots of feet running in in forest. Uh, they get to a point where they realise that ah, bear's gone. We we'll never catch him, so they start walking back to camp, only to find out that the bait's gone. Uh, yeah. Bears come back round and swiped it, so they'd well, be they running. Said they had been running for like a mile already. It's just yeah. our Jason Voorhees thing. Like that bear, just like a bit of the old slasher teleportation going on there. And the way you mentioned with seeing the feet running in the woods, see, it's piecing together. Yeah, yeah. This, this um, what year did Halloween come out? Seventy eight. Well, there you go. Here <laughs> it was, and then this is seventy six. So this is the same year as Carrie, but it was two years after Texas Chainsaw, and that also makes it two years after Black Christmas, which is technically the first slasher. So this is the second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and probably with a higher kill count than, than most of those other ones yeah. as well. So. Which I'll throw a little nugget out there. The director of this movie did a movie that I love that I'm going to have to do on this podcast. 
Have you ever seen Three on a Meat Hook? No. It's I know the name. wonderful. Last time I watched it was on YouTube. We're going to talk. It's on the but list. We'll get back to Grizzly. <laughs> so, the bear is highly intelligent because it now looks like he lured them away from the bait so that he could actually snag the bait and leave before they would notice. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, you, you you then cut to I think it's the next day where you've got Scotty on his horse. He he's sort of snuck off on his own, um, so he's on his, he's on horseback. He then comes across the other half of the of the deer that was that was swiped in the bait from from the other two guys. Um, so he he radios in and says, "Oh, he must be close. I've just found a I've just found a freshly killed deer. That's probably our deer." So he says, "Oh, okay. So here's what I'm going to do. You stay where you are." I'm going to head down towards you. I'm going to attach the rest of that deer to the back of the horse. I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> That's um, such a bad idea. Well, Kelly even says, doesn't he? He's like, no. no. He's like, don't do that. <laughs> um, but he then just hangs up on him. And then um, so uh, so they get in the helicopter and they sort of, they start flying off towards towards where he is. But What is again, it with Scotty, too? I, I, why is he always going off on his own? I, I, I think this is just that's just like his thing. It's, I think it's like his character trait is Loner is just in the woods, I swear. maverick. Yeah. yeah. So so they, he Scott is heading down with the the deer in tow. Here's some crackling around again for an experienced sort of woodsman like he is. He doesn't half let a two thousand pound bear sneak up on him again. Just like st- turns around and there's a seventeen foot <laughs> bear stood deer. in front of him. Ah. <laughs> Take a, a, a really uh, swiping the head off the horse. One swipe, the head of the horse goes flying off. Yeah, I was so surprised. Like, the horse got decapitated, and then it trots like five seconds and then falls over. Really well done, though. It's kind yeah. of... They've spent a, they spent a lot of time on these kills. Like They, like, they knew. Yeah, we're going to do this properly. Yep, they saw Jaws. I mean, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do, you, do you think... <laughs> Both had a kid getting. Uh, oh, actually, oh, no. Yeah. This the kid, the kid didn't die in this one. But, well, maybe in the unrated version we have to find because <laughs> I don't remember that kid living. Well, they they make a reference to him living, but they don't. They said part of him. <laughs> right. It gets darker as the story goes. Right. Okay. Um, but you're right, man. That bear sneaks up on Scotty and it attacks Scotty. Though, correct me if I'm wrong. We see a little bit of it, but then it buries him, and this is gonna refer to something in the beginning where the bear will traditionally, or maybe just the grizzly, I don't know, will bury you and come back and finish you later. And so I'm thinking, okay, Scott, he's waking up. Okay, he's going to live, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it is kind of, he wakes up and you think, oh, thank God, Scotty's alive. And he sort of sits up, immediately turns around and the bear's still there. <laughs> they spend like two minutes of him like, I survived, and... I remember thinking, like, I would have hated to film that scene because he's laying under the dirt and he's got all the grass and everything. It's, like, all over his face and his mouth. I mean, he looks like he had just been buried by a grizzly. Job well done. Again, we talk about the effects team. And he sits up and, yeah, man, like, they waste no time. The bear's like, I'm back. The, the whole bit with the, the the soil on his face, it was really making my OCD go. It was I was twitching oh. when it was just in his mouth and it yes. was like, ah. In ah. his ears. I mean, that's just... Well, I mean, we're menly men. We camp in the woods, right? Clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give us our TV dinners and air conditioning, please. <laughs> yeah. See what happens if you let a moth loose in my house and um, <laughs> anywhere near me, and I'll be flapping around like a... 
eventually our other two main characters, Kelly and Stober, they actually find Scotty's body and he's kind of bent over, dead. Like they show a scene, it's just like the most bloodiest back of all time, right? He's got like blood all over him. And of course they're, you know, saddened by it and they talk about what they're gonna do with the body and they're like, you know, we'll just leave it, we'll bury him and do this, that and the other and I'm thinking I I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm like I'm already beyond impressed with how many people and animals have died in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it felt like a sort of a like a Stephen King book, like where, where nobody's safe. It's just it's it's just like uh, it's not it, it's you know a lot of modern films kind of things happen to sort of progress, you know, to, to get from plot point to plot point. Whereas here, it's just. Ah, let's just kill Scotty. Yeah, yeah, write him in, kill him, write him in, kill him. (laughs) But the only thing that disappointed me was that for for one of our main characters, kind of, you only really see his back. Like, you just see a few scratches, like, there's a lot of blood, but it's like, oh, come on, give give Scotty a little bit more of a... I thought the same thing. When they do, I'm not even going to say a cutaway scene, it was almost like a fadeaway scene. And I thought it was going to be like it, a, a, a hallucination or something but no like he's killed off screen and yeah he's covered in blood but no you don't see near the prosthetics as the girls in the beginning no i, I think budget you. must budget must have must been running out by this out. point well they're like we're gonna skip this scene because we need the budget for something else later in the movie and that's where we're at now because kelly and stober they realize we need to get out of here right um they got scotty the bear is going to come after us any minute so they head to the helicopter and this is fantastic because what happens an 18 foot grizzly attacks the helicopter yeah you you also get a very famous looking shot that i I mentioned to you when we were talking earlier when i was watching it i had to watch it back i had to rewind it because i was i was watching it going that's the paul focus shot from jaws and because th- when when uh, Stober gets out of the um, helicopter and he tries to pull his gun, it does the dolly zoom shot, the famous dolly zoom shot from Jaws, very briefly. But it's just like, ah, oh, no, brilliant! I like it. Yes. <laughs> but more, yeah, uh, more inspiration, right? It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You can't trademark a shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's, it, it, yeah, I mean, because because Stober, so Stober gets out. And as he's getting out, the bear again appears from nowhere, and it starts spinning the helicopter around. So he's, yes. he's so Stober's getting again a really sort of nicely done shot where it's just as he's getting out and he's getting pushed around the back of the helicopter, manages to grab his gun and pop off a you know a couple of shots. Um, and, and poor old Kelly, you could he's just stuck in the front of this helicopter <laughs> with this enormous bear uh, sort of up in his grill, and and the bear you know the bear then goes for Dober. So Kelly manages to get out of the helicopter, but I think too late. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, uh, this was the only death that I was really flustered by because I really liked Stober. He, like I said, he was my favorite character in here because he was just the down-to-earth guy. What I mean by that is just he was just a good dude overall, and everybody liked him. Like he always, he was always on everybody's side, you know. But what happened is he unloaded those couple shots and. I guess he ran out because he spins his gun around, and I was like, you got to be kidding me, and he uses it like a bat. And I'm like, dude, you're... the bear grabs him and lifts him in the air, and 
I'm not joking. He does a bear hug. Like he squeezed the life out of him and he's crushing him. And I assume by squeezing him so much, that's what causes all the blood to come out. But again, I mentioned a Jalo film. We get that red paint blood. It's spewing out of his mouth. And after he's essentially killed and dropped, dude, when Stober's body hits the ground, it's like the loudest, nastiest thud. And I like felt it. Yeah, I mean, I was initially like, when I first saw it, went, he might not be dead. And then the second time, I was, yeah, he's dead. He got an appropriate death scene. He got the Quint style death. You know, he got the, again, not borrowed at all from <laughs> from Jaws. But the, the, when I was looking at the trivia, that that shot where the bear heads straight for the camera was an actual... They'd what they'd wound the bear up too much because oh. it was. I'm trying because basically they took a bear that was not a trained bear as such, but it was not a. It wasn't completely wild, but it wasn't completely trained, and they were filming in between summer and fall where it goes to hibernation. So it started getting real cranky towards the end, and apparently they were doing a shot, and that shot where he charges at the camera. That actually happened because it got really cranky and just broke off. I mean, the entire film was shot from behind a... They had like a net. They had like a a green net fencing. So nobody was anywhere near the bear apart from that one one shot where he just turned and went for him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a very quick shot as well, I think, because the cameraman is probably long gone. (laughs) Well... Surely this movie isn't going to, you know, we've said so much. This film could clearly not take any more punches from Jaws. So let's go ahead and get to the final scene. So now all of our characters, except for Kelly, are dead. And so Kelly reaches into the helicopter and pulls out something that, I don't know about you, but I didn't see them ever have this. And when I saw it, I was like, there you go. Like, that's what you need. That's going to take this bear down. And so he grabs this I'll I'll do air quotes and I'll say weapon and and he goes over and he confronts the bear and Neil, let's talk about the final scene in the movie. Far from saying smile, you son of a bitch. It was essentially (laughs) a shot of him looking down the barrel of his bazooka. He waited an awful long time before he shot. I noticed he did. So the bear was, was about two feet away. (laughs) And then it, it kind of, it was such an anti sort of, climactic because it's not like you know jaws you had the battle you know it's things had to happen the, the barrel had to get in his mouth he then had one shot left the boat sinking here it's just i got bazooka and just fires it off massive explosion obviously bare bare parts uh actually the the one the one shot they skimped on gore was the bear getting blown up yes and this is not something that i picked up on when i was a teenager on my first watch it was just overall like okay that was cool when i was watching it today on both accounts i was really paying attention to the way they did like a cut scene to the explosion in place i don't know how they do it you know a lot more about effects than i did but i found myself a little more disappointed this time around and and feeling the same way that you're describing is i feel like as the movie went on the death scenes got less and less impressive and i hate that i always feel like it should be the alternative you know start low or start with one great one you know give me filler in the middle and then you know make it worth my while at the end yeah, I mean, the, the only thing that kind of disappointed me really was that because Warner Brothers wanted this film, they wanted to pick it up and they offered a massive budget, but the director wanted to stay independent, which I, I 
that film with those actors that well written with the power of Warner Brothers behind them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know this held the record for a, quite a while for box office takings. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would have held it for a lot longer. I mean, then again, you were, you know, two years later, well, Halloween we might came as well along. Spill those beans. <laughs> so, you know, we mentioned this movie came out in 76. It actually sm- was a box office smash. Like, it was filmed for, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it was like between seven and $800,000, and it broke in over almost 39 times its budget. And that's in 76, man. That's huge. And it continued to hold that record until two years later. And, Neil, what little independent horror movie broke box office records and just astounded the world in 1978? Uh, that would be um, John Carpenter's ripoff of um, Black Christmas. That would be Halloween. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Inspired by Jaws. You're right. <laughs> to the end of this film, so you have the explosion. You have just a bit of burning tinder on the floor. No bare parts, no nothing. Kelly goes across to Stober, and then the credits just start rolling. I mean, there's no, there's kind of it's nothing's tied ending. up. It's yeah. it's a uh, uh, there's a few films that were around that sort of late seventies, early eighties that kind of did that kind of thing. It's sort of, uh, I mean, there's no actual confirmation that, that that Stober's dead. I mean, it's fairly obvious he is, but it's just him stood next to him. That brings us to a big question. You know, if you just watch this movie and this is what you're dealt with, do you at all wonder, is there a sequel? Are we going to get Mama Bear, Grizzly 2? Yeah, Grizzly 2, The Revenge. That's... Grizzly 2, The Predator, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, oh yeah, so that that's actually, that's the thing. That's what we're hinting at, is there was a planned sequel. And we may get into that sometime if we can find a, some sort of copy that's worth dissecting. Because apparently... There was never a Grizzly 2 officially released, but thanks to the internet, there's one floating out there. The cover looks pretty enticing, I'll tell you that now. Well, Neil, that's a wrap, man. That's this first ever uh, general conversation, walk through, have fun with our horror babble. I absolutely love it. I may call this horror babble. That just may be the title of these uh, movies where I invite people on here to talk about them. I kind of like it, to be honest. But, uh, dude, thanks for coming on here and doing this. That was my pleasure, man. As soon as I watched this film, I mean, we were we were going to be recording another night, but but we'd watched this film and we both got so pumped on it, it was like, I, I, you know, it doesn't matter that it's late. Let's 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 do this now. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that we were afraid to forget stuff. No, <laughs> we're not old guys here. No, our memories are great. <laughs> but seriously, man, and you know, I want to take a second here. Don't blush on me, but I got to promote you, man, because I feel like you do so much for the show and you've had my back since day one and a lot of people have seen your work man i try to promote you but you're on twitter give people your twitter handle yeah you can find me uh neil fraser 78 and what i want you guys to do is take a look at his work because this guy let me tell you he works for money right like if you want a project done he's the guy to go to i've seen the work that he's done i've even paid him to do some things i'm like could you do this and usually he can. Now, I'm not going to say he can do everything, but he may tell you he can. I don't know. But Neil's work is really fascinating. I've shared it on Twitter. Take a look at his profile. Look at what he does out there. You guys are going to always see it on the podcast. He does all of the – he did the icon for the podcast, the podcast from another world. He's done all the poster work. This is going to be cool because I'm going to see if he'll do one for this movie, Grizzly, and he puts both of us on it. That'll be fun. We'll have to figure out something creative. And uh, I just, uh, you know, I also have to say, 
We do the YouTube channel together, me, you, and Ed the Undead, man, and you're the brain behind all the visuals on there, and I gotta tell you, I've heard nothing but great things, man, so I'm just happy to be your friend and happy to be uh, partners with all this stuff. Uh, I'm very humbled to have you say these things, but um, I do what I like, kind of, you know, I, I, I like drawing stuff, so the fact that I get to do stuff, especially when when somebody asks me to do some, you know, the horror poster or some artwork for art for a for a horror film it's it's like my two loves so it's kind of um i i never i hard you know i i, I never try and turn anything down so uh anybody need anything just hit me up i'll do my best there it is man and one day where you're going to kick down the doors of either trauma entertainment or asylum entertainment one of these two are going to find you i promise it's my dream to get at least one of those on my on my record up another episode of the podcast from another world i want to thank you guys for tuning in and checking out the episode and listening to neil and myself throw down on the amazing classic horror (laughs) film grizzly i had such a good time talking to him about it this is one that it definitely worked for this format and i hope you guys enjoyed the new format because it's definitely here to stay and though It may take over mostly what I do on the podcast. As I mentioned on the intro, I'm still going to do some movies with full run-through clips and have audio, and they're going to be awesome. But honestly, it doesn't work for every movie. So I will let you know in the description, or maybe Brian will let you know in the description of the episode when the podcast is put out, you know, if it's a run-through or not. If it just says the name of the movie, odds are it's probably a general chat, just like you heard here. If you guys get a chance, come find me on Twitter. I would love to hear from you. I know a lot of my friends listen to the show, and I always hear back from them, and it's really awesome. It means a lot. But if you're somebody that's just a listener, and you've never really interacted with me, feel free. You can find me on Twitter. If Twitter's not your thing, if you just want to send me an email, hey, cool. Let's go ahead and do an email. It's comicsbegood at gmail.com. C-O-M-I-C-S, the letter B, G-O-O-D at gmail.com and you can just let me know, hey, if you love the show if you think I'm making a mistake and you want me to do more clips eh, let me know, I mean, I do take criticism, I do take suggestions and with that being said if there's a movie you would love for me to cover hey, throw it out there I will dive into some listener requests I mean, if I know you're listening to my show and you like what I'm doing and there's just a particular episode you're like, man, I wish Dave would cover that movie okay Yes, <laughs> send it to me. Let's talk about it. Let's do it. If you want to be a guest on the show, reach out to me. Let me know. You never know. We all started as a listener and went to a guest and became a podcaster at some point. Who knows what the future holds? And also with that, let's talk about the future. So we have a podcast network now that we've created. It's called the Slightly Irregular Podcast Network. S-I-P-N, right? Sipping. Sipping on some episodes that's weird but no seriously you could check it out we plug it on twitter uh there is a website it's sipnet.us it basically just shows all of us that got together and we put all of our podcasts on there and we promote each other and you're going to hear definitely throughout this year a lot of those folks on this show so good things coming around the corner Kind of spoiler, but not really spoiler spoiler, is I almost have every episode planned out. I left some gaps for some special occasions and some listener requests, and 
sometimes when I just change my mind like an absolute you-know-what, which I may be known to do, uh, where I'll plug some stuff in there. And so all I can tell you is uh, there's so much cool horror and cool sci-fi coming your way, some old, some modern, uh, not too modern. I try to let Brian have all the super modern stuff. He does a really good job with it. But kind of the older stuff, I just like a lot, you know, and so... I know between he and I, we will sit down and talk about certain episodes, and there's some that match my personality, some his, some that just would be amazing for what we're doing together. Like you guys heard on the intro, Halloween is going to be awesome. So thank you guys for tuning in, and you know what? I'll see you in two weeks. much for listening to another episode of the podcast from another world don't forget to check us all out on sipnet uh you can check out sipnet.us that's where you'll find the slightly irregular podcasting network you'll find all the shows that are included in that network including from the wastes angry dad podcast paranormal Pativities podcast back in time podcast fave five from fans Dead Hen Radio, <laughs> Terrible Terror Podcast, and as well as the podcast from Another World. We're all separating the sections, and there's feeds on each page, and you can listen to the one that you want or find out more information about everybody else that is up there. Uh, also, don't forget to follow Dave on all of his social media, Dave underscore Phantom out there on Twitter, and the podcast from Another World out there on Instagram. I can't remember the handle exactly, but he's there, and he's being active. As well as follow the Terrible Terror podcast page on Facebook where we post stuff from the podcast from another world. And then also the SIP Network uh, blah Twitter page. Good Lord, Brian cannot talk at the end of this episode, so it's staying in there, uh, which was just newly created. And so you can find out and please go out there and follow the page. It is at Network SIP. Network SIP. So we're out there on Twitter and we'll be promoting everybody as, you know, episodes come out. So thank you guys very much for checking out Dave's episode. And I hope you guys are excited about what we're going to do as well as what uh, is in store for an episode of the podcast from another world. So thank you guys. Take care of yourselves and each other. We'll see you next time.